This episode is brought to you by Visit Williamsburg. In Williamsburg, Virginia, there's never too much of a good thing. Whether you're a foodie, a golfer, a history buff, a shopaholic, an outdoor enthusiast, or a thrill seeker, you'll find what you came for here and more. So ask yourself, what is it you want? Discover Williamsburg and plan your trip at visitwilliamsburg.com. Hello, guys, and welcome back to another episode of The Treatment Room with your host, Tessa Zali. So I have an interview-style episode for you guys this week. I sat down with my friend Isabella McLeod, who is an esthetician and spa owner. She also has her own line of skincare. She is just very impressive and very cool. Isabel and I originally bonded over Instagram, how all great friendships start these days. And we originally bonded over this designer, Anine Bing, who makes these gorgeous graphic style tees and hoodies and just really special pieces. And she's not a designer you hear about all that often. So it was like instant bond, instant connection. Anyway, Isabel ended up inviting me into her spa where she gave me this beautiful but intricate facial. It is on Instagram with a time lapse if you're interested in seeing her process, but it included oxygen therapy, dermaplaning, extractions, lash and brow tint, and I just left feeling like a million bucks. Isabel also told me how she does a lot of education with schools, esthetician schools nearby. She is very involved in the community. She cares a lot about esthetician development, and she has trained with some of the top spa owners and plastic surgeons in the business. So she has a lot that she brings to the table. In this episode, we talk about opening her own business, marketing, what she's learned in her 13 years of experience, and the advice she would pass on to new estheticians. So I hope you guys enjoy Isabel and enjoy this episode. I am here with Isabel, who I cannot wait to share with you. Isabel, welcome. And could you tell us a little bit about you and your business? Absolutely. Thank you so much for having me. What a treat. Um, I know I told you this before, but I'm just so appreciative of the work that you're doing and so impressed with the topics that you come up with and how well-spoken you are, especially, you know, as someone who's still somewhat newer in the aesthetic game, I feel like you're just constantly touching on such important topics and uh, I'm always like, why didn't I think of that one? <laughs> so, oh so impressed by you and so honored to be here. Thank you. I, I can't wait to share you. And I, it's so funny. We've only met that one time because when I think of you, I'm like, this is my soul sister. Like, <laughs> like you know, I just feel like we're the closest of friends. But totally. we just had that instant bond. Isabel yeah. welcomed me into her amazing, gorgeous, beautiful spa in San Francisco. And I had the most uh, just 
next level facial ever with you. (laughs) It was like, I couldn't believe there was more and more and more. And it was really just so sophisticated and beautiful. My skin felt amazing after. So we'll talk more about that, but not to cut you off. I would love to hear more about you and how you kind of got started and, and a little bit more about your business. Yeah, that'd be great. So I, um, I've been an esthetician for almost 14 years now. Um, I went to school uh, here in the Bay Area at the Institute of Aesthetics, which is, in my opinion, one of the best beauty schools in the Bay. Um, and uh, my first, you know, when I originally started as an esthetician, I wasn't quite sure which route um, I wanted to take. But one of the things that I really appreciated about the school that I attended is that they really did an incredible job of showing you the kind of different areas of aesthetics that you can go into. So whether that be you want to specialize in waxing or holistic approaches or makeup or medical aesthetics, they kind of gave us um, a little tease of everything. And one of the kind of field trips that we went on was into a medical practice, Dr. James Romano, who's a plastic surgeon here in San Francisco. And um, I don't know, something just really sparked me when I went into his office. I saw his cute little estheticians in their scrubs with their cute little treatment rooms and all their science lingo. And I just was super inspired and excited. And so after that field trip, I just kind of went um, to the director of the school and I was like, okay, how do I get into aesthetics? point me in the right direction. And she basically showed me that, uh, you know, as a student, you often get these great discounts on advanced courses. So I took some advanced chemical peel courses at a discounted rate prior to graduation. And then I just took advantage of every advanced program that the school offered. So that when I did graduate, even though it was technically my first year as an esthetician, I had this whole kind of page on my resume of advanced courses and certifications, which was really helpful in landing me um, a job because about two months after graduation, I got a job as a medical esthetician for a company called American Laser Center, which is kind of like, I don't know if you remember these guys, but they were kind of like the first laser away um, Mm -hmm. kind of chain. They were all around the U.S. And what was great about uh, their position and which was also really important for me because I, at that time, was a new mom and um, I didn't really have the opportunity to um, build a clientele. You know, sometimes as you're building a clientele as a new esthetician, you know, you don't really have like a set pay, but as a new mom, I needed to make sure that I had a set amount of income. And so entering medical aesthetics was a kind of way to have a salaried position for me. And their roles were half management and half um, aesthetics. So I did a lot of consultations for um, selling laser services, a little bit of marketing, a little bit of operations. And then I did microdermabrasion 
um, allergen at that time had a glycolic acid peel and then a radiofrequency laser treatment called VelaShape. So I was just kind of thrown into um, this incredible medical aesthetic realm. And I spent a few years there. But um, while it was an incredible learning opportunity, I definitely felt like I wanted to be kind of more one-on-one working under a doctor. But um, those few years there really beefed up my resume even more and my experience um, until I was able to then go work for a facial plastic surgeon um, in San Francisco for a few years as, um, again, as a medical aesthetics, uh, doing medical aesthetics, excuse me, as well as being his spa director. So more marketing, um, managing a team of nurses, um, and then doing chemical peels, um, Vela Shape, and lots of consultations. Uh, consultations for myself, but also for nursing uh, services like IPL, fractional resurfacing, injectables, things like that. So I was able to just learn a lot about um, medical aesthetics. Um, and I spent several years there as well until it was just time for me to um, go my own way and started doing aesthetics part-time as well as uh, doing consult, uh, consulting with other business owners, other doctors, lash boutiques, just kind of as soon as I started consulting, I kind of just took any uh, any gig I could. So I worked a little bit with branding uh, strategists, uh, coffee companies, as well as, um, uh, of course, still remaining in aesthetics. And then um, I'm kind of rambling here, but after I had my no, I daughter, I um, kind of wanted to get out of consulting while I love it. It was definitely, it's definitely a lot more work. Um, and have just been doing aesthetics since. And then uh, worked uh, for another medical spa here in San Francisco before opening my own studio uh, last June in Pacific Pacific Heights area of San Francisco. Which is a huge deal. How has that been for you transitioning from working for other people, definitely paying your dues and learning a lot about medical aesthetics to opening your own doors. That's a big responsibility and a big jump. What yeah. was it like making that transition and how has it been being a new business owner? Oh my gosh. I feel like it was basically, the shortest answer is it was about damn time. <laughs> I feel like everybody I know, family and friends has been telling me to do this forever. Like, why aren't you doing your own thing? Mm-hmm. Um, and so I think it was just, it was just my time. I'm very grateful for um, all the incredible people, mentors that I had, doctors that I worked with, business owners that I worked with, but it was just my time. And, um, you know, the pandemic kind of gave me this unique opportunity to just kind of sit with some thought around that. Mm -hmm. Um, I had a, you know, my practice is in San Francisco, but I actually live in Sonoma. And there was a gal here in town who was selling her studio and I was approached with it. And while that wasn't really 
the right fit for me. It really just spiraled a lot of internal conversation about like, what would I name my business? What would I, what would I do? What do I, what does it look like? Um, Mm -hmm. And so um, I just like with most things, most things in my life, I always just tell myself if it's meant to be, it's going to happen smoothly and it's all going to happen as it should. And so I just, and then it did. I started looking for places and um, just doing the footwork and it all kind of just fell into place beautifully. And it's been incredible, humbling, so amazing. I I work in a beautiful space, um, kind of like a beauty collective. So it's this old Victorian um, apartment in San Francisco that's been converted. So every room in that building is a, basically a different business owner. So I do skin. We've got someone who does waxing, sugaring, spray tan, lashes, and nails. So it's a collective of beauty professionals, and it's really collaborative. And we refer a lot to each other. And it's just inspiring to be constantly around other gals who are killing it. And um, so, yeah, it's been awesome. Yes. I I love, I love your place. It, I told you this when I came, but it really feels like a girl's like little paradise. You go upstairs and it's a beautiful setup. You've got all of these different rooms where like Isabel said, there are different services. So you really feel like you could just go in and pamper yourself. Exactly. Yeah. And so when you're, when you're a solo practitioner, sometimes what I found that's hard to accommodate is like girls days or mother daughter things. So it's great to be able to be like, oh, I can't do obviously two facials at the same time. But like, why don't you send your mom to Kelly and she's going to do your nails while I do your facial and then we'll swap kind of thing or go see Nikki for a Brazilian wax and, you know, vice versa. So it's really Mm -hmm, nice to... mm -hmm to have that offering, you know? Yeah. You can all refer out to each other, which is amazing. And given all of your marketing experience, Mm -hmm. I want, I feel like you're the perfect person to answer this, Isabel, because Mm -hmm. I always get the question, I'm starting my business. How am I going to get clients? How am I going to market myself? What would you say besides having that amazing pool to kind of refer out to for different services? What were the little strategies that you used as far as marketing goes? Yeah, I love this question so much. And I wanted to um, share with you. So when I was working for a doctor, I got a bunch of incredible opportunities to attend different medical conferences, even um, do a few years putting on a couple medical conferences and just got to make a lot of connections with that. And there was a lady that I met who worked for a facial plastic surgeon, um, Dr. Stephen Diane in Chicago, and her name was Tracy Drum. And she started doing Uh, Just like most, a lot of doctors have in their practices, they have little research departments. And so she started using those research departments to study different marketing approaches. And it was so successful that they then went on to create in this whole marketing firm within the plastic surgeons practice called if marketing. This was like years ago. So if there's any any old school estheticians on this, maybe they'll remember this. I think it's long gone been sold, but, um, 
they taught me a really incredible kind of acronym to go by. And I wanted to share that with you guys. And it's that marketing should be simple. So, and I can type this up and send it to you to share. Um, okay. They can yeah. reach out to me if they'd like. But um, so whenever I'm doing, I'm always keeping this in mind. Um, so when you look at the word simple, S stands for staff education. I stands for identity and branding. M stands for medical credentials. Uh, P stands for patient education. L stands for loyalty and retention. And E stands for external marketing. So you kind of always want to start at the top, right? And you would think right away, like, okay, I've got this new business. Like, I'm going to get into external marketing right away. But you can do all the marketing in the world. And if people come into your practice or your studio and you don't have all these other steps kind of nailed down first, then you can kind of set yourself up for failure here. So um, I'm always keeping this in mind. So staff education, what does that really mean when you're a solo practitioner? It means that I'm going to make sure that I am clearly speaking about certain topics to everyone that comes into my treatment room the same way. If I had a spa where there was multiple practitioners, I would make sure that all practitioners could answer the same questions the same way, right? As well Mm -hmm. as like just my own credentials, um, making sure that um, I'm continuously doing um, uh, online education, listening to great podcasts like yours, something that I saw that you do, which I do too, is what I know we're both IS clinical girls. And mm-hmm. so like, while I'm curling my hair in the morning, I've got my IS clinical education on in the background, just yes. constantly feeding yes. myself these great little, um, nuggets of talking points and things like that. Right. Mm-hmm. And then, I um I could go on and on about each one of these topics, so I'm going to try to make it. No, I'm I'm short it. here. Um, but I for identity, that's like, what's your visual visual strategy going to look like? What's your web design, logo design, business design, your brochure, even your outfits? Like, are you um wearing f- your fig scrubs? Do you have a spa? Um. L- uh, uniform that you are doing. All of these things are little visual um, cues that when people come to your practice or to your website, they recognize, oh, this is this is totally Isabel McLeod aesthetics or, oh, this is totally a Tessa Zolli thing. Um, they can visually see you there. Um, yes. Medical credentials, that can be certifications on the walls, um, a credentialing campaign for yourself, um, testimonials, your before and afters, um, showing people whether they walk into your treatment room, go to your social media channels, your website, um, that you're somebody to listen to, you know, that you know what you're talking about. Um, P, patient education. This can be a menu of service, um, photo books. Sometimes you might have um, a DVD loop in your waiting area of some video that you've created, or maybe you have a product or service of the month that you're displaying 
email marketing, newsletters, different kind of out of the box promotional campaigns, loyalty and retention. This is a really fun topic that I want to circle yes. back on. Yes. Um, but loyalty cards, next appointment uh, reminder, notifications, thank you cards, holiday cards, okay, re- uh, referral rewards. Um, and then if we want to just pause on this one, I want to talk about a couple things that um, those If Marketing Girls, who I adored, shared with me. And when I was okay. talking about, um, in particular, research studies on their marketing approaches, they started looking at return on investment of a couple simple practices. One of them was something that they called patient passports. So now this can be a little different for every person. This was definitely more in a medical practice. So obviously when people are doing um, injectables, there's an incredible before and after picture, right? Yes. <laughs> so, but so this could work for lashes. This could work for chemical peels. You know, there, you just have to find your way to do this. But when a client would come in they, and they would have an incredible before and after, they would print that before and after picture right there. And they created these little referral cards and they would laminate them and they would give that gal, say Susie, okay. 20 laminated cards with her before and after picture on one side. And then on the other side, it had the practice information. Well, when there's your own before and after picture you're a little bit more excited to share it with somebody, right? You're like, yeah. oh my God, I'm going to go. Mm-hmm. Like when I get my hair done, I got to show this to my hairdresser. And so I'm going to hand it to her. And then they saw that there was a 35% increase in word of mouth referrals over a six month period after implementation implementation of these passport uh-huh. cards. Wow. So um, I thought that that was a really fun example. Another Super big cute. one which I love this one, is um, a holiday in June card. So traditionally, now this is not the case (laughs) this year, but for me at least, but traditionally in the beauty industry, January and February are kind of slower months, right? Mm -hmm. After the holidays, everybody's kind of tapped out on spending. So it can be kind of a slower time. Yes. So what these gals would do is in June, they sent out kind of like a Christmas card. They would make it a fun themed card every year, either of their entire practice or one or two of the girls. It was like almost like a a fun staff outing day. Everybody would get dolled up, take an adorable holiday card. And then when they would mail these cards out, they would include a $50 gift card for January and February. So as these people would get this holiday card in the mail, they'd be like, oh my God, look how cute my girls look. They put it on their fridge and they'd save it for that January and 50 or that January and February time and know like, okay, I'm going to get this $50 off just for those two months. And that case study showed that within two months, there was a 1,246% return on investment. Wow. That's sweet. So I think that the reason why I like to talk about these things is because I feel like while social media is, of course, such um, an incredible tool for us as estheticians or beauty professionals, 
that I didn't personally just rely on that route to grow my practice. Mm -hmm. And I don't think it has to be the only way. Mm -hmm. Um, Something that I did was I created um, in Canva a couple little slides on myself, like here's a headshot and my bio. And then um, another little Canva slide was some before and afters of chemical peels that I did. And then another couple slides were um, actual Yelp reviews and little testimonials that I copied and pasted. And I started following um, different bloggers and influencers in my surrounding area and just reached out to them. I created this little slideshow of my of the things I just mentioned and just sent them messages. Hey, I'm Isabel. I work here. Here's a little bit more about me. I love connecting with like-minded women and um, I'd love to invite you in for a service. And that worked really well. They they came in, they had a great experience, they shared, and that probably brought me um, 50 or more and continues to send me more clients just from from that simple step. Um, So that is social media, of course, but there, there are other ways that you can connect with your community versus just promoting your photos onto your direct page. I've always found that um, it is so important to connect with like-minded beauty professionals who offer something different than you. Um, One thing that I did and um, stop me because I can ramble about this topic forever. (laughs) But another thing that I did back in the day was when I worked for this doctor is I created this networking group called the Underground Beauty Mafia. Okay. Um, UBM. And every <laughs> other month or so, I would host these dinners. And most of the time, restaurants or bars would host them for me. Okay. Um, and I invited a salon owner, a lash boutique, a laser rep, Um, an esthetician, a spray tan business owner, all these different business owners. And we'd all go out to dinner once every other month. And we'd kind of have these roundtable discussions like, how are you handling Yelp reviews? How are you handling Mm -hmm. hard staff? What, you know, what sales are working? What internal marketing things are you doing? And just, it just created this like incredible collaborative opportunity to hear about like, oh, we all share the same demographic here, but in our own little niche, but like, how can we really teach each other? And then it just created this insane referral uh, pool as well. Um, So while I love social media so much, I also think um, we, it's important for us not to forget about like guerrilla marketing approaches and not just putting all our eggs in that one basket. Yes, I totally agree with you. I think, you know, Instagram and social media is so important, but it really is not everything. And most of the very successful practices I visit don't have the biggest social media presence ever, but they have very successful, thriving businesses. And I loved all of those little nuggets of marketing wisdom. I wanted to go back to something you said, Isabel, that really resonated, which was creating the experience for the bloggers because you're 
and everybody, all of your clients. Um, but you create this experience. Of course, you're inviting people in who have reach, but the experience is so important because that's what makes people leave and have you on their mind. That's what, you know, drives all of these referrals. So I want to touch on your experience and your spot because it is very special, very unique. You have (laughs) your signature facial, which you so kindly extended to me. And, you know, when I posted that little, we took that time lapse and I posted it on Instagram, I was getting so many questions and responses of people just saying, whoa, this is like, (laughs) this is really amazing. She's doing a a lot of things to the skin. Do you want to touch on what your signature facial is and yeah. kind of why you decided on those elements? Yeah. Well, I feel like my signature facial is just like a, a little bit of all the different services that I have learned throughout my years. And then with my own little take on it, um, it's definitely very exfoliation focused, um, which is something that even myself in like the beginning of my career, you know, we're kind of always like, oh, exfoliation can be really scary. Um, Until I started working for these doctors or other estheticians that have been in the industry forever. And I'm like, oh, no, it's not. (laughs) I can do a lot of exfoliation and and, um, with no no negative feedback, only positive. Right. Um, So I, as I got a lot of years under my belt kind of doing that. Um, I got more comfortable in kind of taking my own, uh, stepping out of comfort zones and just, um, creating, uh, my own little, uh, exfoliating treatments. So, um, it includes three modalities of exfoliation. It includes, um, some oxygen treatments some enzyme therapy, um, lots of hydration and replenishment back into the skin, Um, and yeah, so I feel like a lot of times when you go to a day spa, which I love a day spa facial too, don't get me wrong, but a lot of times it can be focused on, um, aromatherapy and relaxation. And, and I think there's totally a time and a place for that. But what I found is most people are really eager to see some change in the skin. Um, so I feel like I created a really budget friendly, um, treatment that yields a big kind of bang for your buck results. Um, I try to just kind of pour all my love into my clients that come in every time they come. Um, I have an incredible playlist. I am not playing, I'm not playing uh, spa music. Um, you know, it's, you know, sometimes it's uh, this week, I can't stop listening to the Pointer Sisters. So I've got a lot of Pointer Sisters in the treatment room going, but, um, and then, you know, you just become friends with your people. So you just, you love your clients. I mean, I feel really lucky. I, I do not have, um, pain in the butt clients. I'm just so spoiled. This Bay area is filled with the most incredible women and men. Of course, I've got a good handful of guys too, but I just really try to be present and pour all that love, um, into my clients when they're here. I do incorporate lots of relaxing, um, steps too. So you can get a little bit of both worlds. 
Um, I'm definitely also, uh, not a sales person. I mean, I, of course I'm in business to, um, grow my business, but, um, something that Dr. Corey Moss always used to drill into my head is that we are not salespeople. We are educators and that has really stuck in my brain. So I never force sales on anybody. I kind of walk them through. Uh, the recipe that I have found for the most success in skin. Um, and I, sh- I lay it all out for them and I let them decide. And if they're, you know, if they have things at home, they love that I don't carry. Heck yeah. Cool. Let's, let's work around it. I'm not somebody that requires them to only use my things. Um, we just, I, we, I just try to get really kind of real with them. I think about how, how would I want my mom to be treated when she goes into her facial, um, or my friends or me, you know, and I just try to really be loving and, and real with them. And, and, uh, and yeah, that's been working for me. (laughs) Yeah. And you really do feel the love in your treatments and yeah, you just, I felt so lucky and so spoiled that you invited me in and I just couldn't believe like it was just, you kept giving and giving and giving. And I really left feeling like that was, one of the best facials, if not the best I have ever had. You oh, just man. feel all the details and you feel the experience. Your treatment room is like such a vibe. It it just looks like oh, a total little palace. You've got the music going. Your displays with all of your products is gorgeous. Um, just you can tell when an esthetician is really in tune with those little details and extra things that, you know, feel so seamless in the moment, but also communicate at the same time. Like this person knows what they're doing. She is really a pro. Oh my goodness. Thank you so much. What a compliment. Yes. Well, it's just speaking truth to who you are. Oh, thank you so much. It's like, it's such a fun industry to be in. Um, I just, I feel like I have to pinch myself, you know, like the first week I was in business, I was definitely like catching tears in my mask as I was giving facials, as I was just looking around, just like, oh my God, this is, yeah, this is real. This is real. Like I get to come in, I make people feel good, listen to music, talk girl, talk all day. Mm -hmm. It's just, it's a really cool industry to be in. Yes. So thankful. I, I wanted to ask you, Isabel, when you mentioned earlier that, you know, you felt like this was a long time coming. And, and mm-hmm. now that you're in it, I'm sure you're thinking like, oh my gosh, I wish it, I wish I did this sooner. But yeah. what do you think were the hurdles, if any, that held you back a little bit longer from opening mm-hmm. your business? Well, I think there's comfort. Um, you know, I've got two kids, right? And so there's certainly yeah. comfort in clocking in and clocking out kind of thing. Um, and certainly for me, as far as like timeline wise, it was very serendipitous. I mean, the pandemic happened. Um, I'm very glad I wasn't a business owner in that sense that I was paying rent in a space that I wasn't able to work in and how to provide for my staff and all those things. Um, but you know, um, I just, there's comfort in going in and, um, not having all the responsibility 
of the oper- operational things. I My situation is a u- little unique because I am so passionate about those elements as well that I've found that no matter whether I'm getting paid for that role or not, I always end up in that role, whatever <laughs> place I'm at. I'm sure. So, they're like, we trust her. Give her the keys. <laughs> so it's kind of like, okay, if I'm doing this stuff but not getting paid for it, it's time for me to just uh-huh. do it, you know? Yeah. But I also think too that it's just so I I think when I was in school, I was like, oh, I want to like open up a spot in the city and like thinking about how cute it would be, you know, all those fun, exciting things that as you're in school, you're you're, you know, thinking about your future. But I cannot express enough how thankful I am for the years of learning that I got to do working for others. Um, you learn so much, uh, on somebody else's dime, basically, you know, you get to get clientele fed to you. You get to, um, learn what people are using for their POS systems. Like, uh, Oh, they're talking about the high interest rates for their different credit card machines. Oh, I never thought about that. There's different interest rates for, you know, like there's all these right things that you learn. Um, and so I'm just so grateful while I could have d- done this years earlier. I'm just so grateful how it all played out for me. Um, to get all those, uh, lessons, you know, yeah. you get to meet different vendors. That was another thing that I was going to, um, share as a really important, um, tip is to really connect with your vendors. I Mm. have had relationships with vendors from American laser center. This was like 14 years ago that I still see in the industry today, like the MERS rep, who was training on injectables at American Laser Center is now the Definage rep. Um, mm-hmm. The Image Skincare rep, who was then the um, Lyra rep, who was then yeah. the Neocutis rep. Like these people are really important people in the industry. It's a small world. They want to help you if you're an esthetician and you're like, oh man, I don't like this place that I'm working. Like, where would be another place for me? can reach out to your rep and be like, Hey, do you know any other places, you know, or when I did start consulting, a lot of my reps were like, Oh, this doctor needs help here. Let me introduce you or this doctor needs help. So, um, your reps want to help you. They want to educate you and they're very, um, great tools to have throughout your years in the industry. Absolutely. Are there any resources you would say or um, you're comfortable recommending as far as education and Mm -hmm. um, for students in school who want to learn more or people who are in the industry and just wanting to grow and expand their knowledge? I mean, oh my gosh, I'm constantly looking for these myself. Um, I am so eager to go to an aesthetic show. <laughs> like, yes. I want to get we back to in those together. expo rooms so bad. Yes. Um, not all of them are fantastic, you know. Okay. I I honestly feel like not every there's there's a a missing void in the um, aesthetic conference arena. Um, sometimes I've gone and I feel like the, um, education that you receive is a little elementary. Like I know how to set up an Instagram page. I don't need to sit in a room with that. Um, 
I think the California Society of Facial Plastic Surgery is a conference that happens in Tahoe um, uh, every year, and that is more medical-focused, but you can learn a lot about uh, practice management, injectables, advanced um, modalities, even though we aren't um, necessarily like doing the same things that these nurses or doctors are doing every single day, my clients ask me about them and I know how to answer them. So do I know, do I do injectables? No, but I can tell you about ZM and Dysport and Botox and all the trials and research that was done around it. And, and so people are, I I feel like that's really valuable that we know how to speak to the different, um, technologies, uh, even if we offer them or not. I think listening to podcasts like yours or um, listening to um, different educational things that your vendors might be able to offer you are really helpful. Um, I've been given a great reading list by an esthetician. I knew of different books to read that I'm happy to share with you too. Um, Yeah, why don't we do this? (laughs) I totally put you on the spot, but... Why don't we in the show notes? I'll have you circle back with you know some of your favorite yeah. resources or books, and we can just have like Isabel's little guide or resource yeah. guide yeah. in the show notes of this episode. That'd be great. I think of you as such a protective mama bear and guiding light, Isabel. So my last question for you is: if there was one piece of advice you could give to newer estheticians, what would that be? Oh, great question. Um, I think you have to like learn how to trust uh, yourself and trust your guts. Um, something that I really um, like to remember, and my dog is barking at the mailman out here, so I hope that's not messing us up. No, here, no, but, you're good. Um you know, who you surround yourself with um, and pe- the people you ask your questions for, from uh, can really shape who you will become and how you make moves, right? So there's this saying, you are the 10 people that you surround yourself with. Um, so as I've gotten older, I've really chose who those 10 people are, uh, more wisely. Um, while I have tons of friends who I freaking love and adore, but are still out there like partying and, you know, just yeah. not living, not being the best versions of themselves while yeah. I'm not judging them, do your thing. For me, I find I am the, I stay true to the best version of myself when I surround myself with people who um, have like-minded uh, goals. Um, and then same thing with my business practices. Um, I, If I have a business question, I'm not going to ask that business question to somebody who doesn't seem happy in their business, mm-hmm. if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. So just like my parenting, right? I'm not going to ask my friend, a parenting, um, like, Hey, what do I do when Ethan's doing this? Like, to my friend who doesn't have yes. kids. Right. Right. So I really try to, um, 
and it doesn't have to be in aesthetics, but if I have a business operation question, I think of like, who do I know that owns a business who's killing it in this area? And then I reach out to them because I feel like a lot of people, and I, we all do this just by default, even like, for example, like when you're pregnant, everybody was going to come up to you and tell you their pregnancy story and give you all their pregnancy advice, right? Even though you're like, I don't really, that's not me. I don't want to do a natural birth or whatever, right? Yes, yes. Same thing with business. As soon as I said I was going to open my own business, then everybody started throwing, Isabel, do this, do that, do this, don't Don't do this, don't do that. And I really had to, and I like love and appreciate all that people are excited about doing that, but I really had to like silence a lot of that and really like listen to myself. Yes. Um, what do I want to do? How do I see this? Um, and maybe I will come to some of those things down the road that people, those little nuggets people gave me. But for me, um, I, I wanted to do what felt right for me. Um, mm-hmm. and so I really try to, um, listen to that inner voice and my, like my vision, um, every day. I love that you said that. And I feel like we are so in sync because I've been thinking about this so much lately, kind of from the frame of mind of protecting my energy and just being really intentional with, you know, who I approach for advice or who I share, you know, hard things with, because when you um, give that energy or that question out to everyone and you don't get the support you needed or it just wasn't the right person, it can affect your energy and your business. So it's kind of putting your blockers on and just being really intentional about, about things. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Finding your, finding your tribe. And even if you don't have a bunch of people to go to, there's so much incredible, valuable information on the web. I mean, we're so lucky. We don't, we don't have to open encyclopedias to find out information anymore. (laughs) You can get inspired in so many different ways. Um, I, another resource I'm going to say is, uh, I don't know if you, have you ever heard of Marie Forleo? No. Oh, you got to look her up. She's adorable. She's on, um, she started a business on uh, a business coaching thing on Facebook. And now she's like, she's like besties with Oprah and does incredible work. But I took her business school program online. Um, and she is one of many people that do something like that. And it, um, so if, if you don't have a, a tribe in your community, my point is, is that there's a lot of incredible business coaches out there um, that you, you know, that can guide you. Love it. Well, I will definitely be looking her up. Yeah. Isabel, thank you so much for joining us. Tell oh my us gosh. where can we find you on social media or um, in terms of your website for services? Tell us all the things. Yeah. So you can find me on Instagram at just Isabel McLeod SF, like San Francisco. And uh, my website is just IsabelMcLeod.com. And um, yeah, thank you so much, Tessa. You're such a treat. I'm so proud of you. <laughs> I um, what an honor to be on this podcast that I've been listening to as I drive into work, and Aww. I'm so excited to keep working together in different ways. And I'm happy to be a resource for anybody if they have questions or need guidance in any way. 
Oh, thank you so much for offering that. So sweet. Yes, I will list all of your information in the show notes. And likewise, it was such a treat to have you. Please, please come back. We I feel like we only scratched the surface. We have more to talk about. I wanted to yes. talk about product and, and your line as well. So we'll save yeah. that for another episode. But thank you so, so much. Oh my gosh. Thank you, Tessa. You're the best. You're the best. Thank you guys for listening. I will list all that information below and I will talk to you next Tuesday. 